Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, you're listening to Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio with your host, Darren Batman McDuck. And now, prepare to get fat. Hey, 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 what's cracking? And welcome back, peeps, to another episode of Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. I'm your host, Darren Fatman McDuffie, and this episode is being brought to you by I'mTheFatMan.com. Tonight, we have a, another classic. I'm going to call this the classic. I heard Dr. Glidden speak on a number of other podcasts before I started my own, and I know he has um, what I would call a lot of fire and a lot of knowledge, and uh, he'll be speaking that tonight. And we'll be talking to him about his book, The MD Emperor Has No Clothes. So get in store for that. But before we get into the show, just wanted to give you a reminder, as I always do about last week's show, had a really enlivening discussion with uh, Stanley Fishman on tender grass-fed beef. For those of you out there who do not know what grass-fed beef is, maybe you need to go check out the show. We had um, a lot of, again, good discussion around how to cook your meat. I know there's been a lot of hearsay about not eating meat, not eating red meat. A lot of stuff is out there. And for me personally, uh, like I said and uh, shared with uh, Mr. Fishman on the show, was that I had a lot of stomach issues when I uh, started eating red meat, conventional red meat, and I gave it up for a number of years. And then uh, I was at a friend's restaurant, and they convinced me to try grass-fed beef. And uh, voila, the stomach problems were gone. And now I only eat grass-fed beef. So we went in a lot of in-depth on why grass-fed beef is beneficial to you, how to cook it. I asked them questions on cookware, what type of cookware would you use to to cook it. So again, go back and listen to that show. And as always, please, if you are listening to the show, go and leave me a review in iTunes. And if you're listening to it on Blog Talk Radio, that's cool as well. You can always leave comments on any show that you've heard on blog, on the Blog Talk radio platform. And uh, please connect with me on social media. I'm on Facebook as facebook.com slash perfectly healthy and tone radio. Twitter is the fat underscore man. And then I'm on Pinterest as I'm the fat man one. So again, connect with me on social media and you'll get all the shows and all the episodes. And I, as I said before, I'll say it again, I'm going to be changing my website, so look out for that probably within the next month or so. I haven't really been writing anything. I've been holding off as to writing the blog, and you'll see the metamorphosis of the website, where it'll be going, a lot of new things. If you've been following any of my videos on Facebook, you know I've kind of turned over a new leaf, so to speak. And um, the new website will be an evolution of that. And I'll have a lot of different things on the site. So if you're going to the site now, you know that I haven't written things, anything in a while. And that's the reason why. 
So again, tonight we have Dr. Peter Glidden on the show. And before I get him on, I wanted to read his bio. So Dr. Peter Glidden is an outspoken advocate of holistic health. For more than two decades, he has been treating people with naturopathic therapeutics, including homeopathy, heavy metal chelation, chelation, I'm sorry, herbal medicine, and bioidentical hormone supplementation. Dr. Glidden received his BS degree from the University of Massachusetts in Amherst. He earned his naturopathic degree from Bastyr University in Seattle, Washington. Dr. Peter Glidden, welcome to Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. How are you tonight? Mr. McDuffie, thanks so much for having me. I am well, but God willing, and the creek don't rise, I'll get better. I've heard that before. That seems like an old saying. Um, I'm from South Carolina, <laughs> so we, we I, I hear many of those old sayings. But great to have you. I heard you, wow, man, maybe about four years ago on uh, Sean Croxton's show, Underground Wellness Show. And yeah. uh, you you inspired me to learn a lot more. My background is I came from the pharmaceutical industry, what I call the dark side, and kind of stepped out of that <laughs> over into stepped out of that over into the light. And I remember hearing you, you know, years ago. And Sean was the person who actually inspired me to start my show. We talked back and forth for a while, and he gave me the inspiration to start my own show. And again, I sometimes go back and, and look at people who inspired me and when they were talking and you were one of those people. So I'm glad to have you on. Well, it's very kind of you to say that. And you know, the, the simple fact of the matter is that it, we are building the grassroots coalition of the informed here because we are, even though we're keepers of the truth, we are not in the mainstream and it's going to take people like you who stand up and be counted uh, you know, because that's really the only way that we're going to change the world here. One person, one platform, one podcast at a time. Mm-hmm. So more power, more power to you, man. I appreciate the support. Yeah, thank you. Um, in doing shows, more often than not, the way that people get their, I guess, uh, initiation into health is they become sick. Um, yours was a different route. You didn't really become sick. I wanted you to talk a little bit about how you, it would seem like you got into this in a, in a roundabout way, but it seems as though, uh, it all kind of fit perfectly together and how you became a naturopath, but, uh, get into that a little bit. Well, yeah, you know, it's funny. It's like they say, how do you make God laugh? Right. Tell them your future plans. Um, my, the evolution, the arc of my career has been anything but predictable, for some reason, I've always been holistically oriented. You know, I don't know. It's just kind of baked into the cake. I, I taught myself yoga when I was 12 years old. I took a transcendental meditation course when I was 13, freaked my parents out, right? I've mm-hmm. always been holistically oriented and uh, was just kind of stumbling through life. I, I was graduated pretty high in my high school class, went to a really prestigious uh, uh, college, the Williams College in northwestern Massachusetts immediately after I graduated high school. But I dropped out of college after a year and a half because I wasn't really learning anything. I I hadn't really found my path in life. And I didn't want to waste my father's money, quite frankly. And I looked around and everyone else that I was going to school with, half of them, they were just wasting their parents' money. I didn't even know why they were there. So Dropped out, traveled around the country for about five years, did all kinds of things, worked on a commercial fishing boat, uh, 
lived in a, a, a cooperative community in Northern California for a year and a half. Did a number of things. I had my own house painting business. And, you know, I was happy enough, but I wasn't really, I hadn't really been, I wasn't really doing anything that I really felt extremely positive about. I, I hadn't been following my life's path. I was just kind of stumbling along. So I woke up one day and I figured, you know what? I don't want to be painting houses and cleaning fish for the rest of my life, but there's really something more to this. So because I'd been helped a lot in my youth by a chiropractor and because I was kind of holistically oriented anyway, I said, you know what? I'm going to become a chiropractor because I think that's a good thing. So I went back at 20, I think, six years of age. I went back to school as a freshman, did my pre-med stuff at the University of Massachusetts. And halfway through my career, I thought, you know what? I started getting uh, enrolled by the dark side. I thought, you know what, those chiropractors, they don't have enough social status for me, so I'm going to become an osteopath, right? I'm going to become an osteopath. So up until I was uh, my January of my senior year at, 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 at UMass, I was on my way to become an osteopathic doctor, and I went to an osteopathic medical school in Bitterford, Maine, and I had my interview, and they told me, yeah, you know, Peter, you're you're, we like your grades and we like everything else, and, but you have to understand that in order to get an osteopathic degree, you're going to have to prescribe drugs and do surgery in conventional medical hospitals. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't want to do that, and I hadn't been keeping my eye on that ball, and it, that, that information kind of blindsided me. Uh, I don't know why it blindsided me, but I just wasn't paying attention. I was more focused on you know, getting good grades and passing. So after I got that news, the rug was pulled out from underneath me. And, man, I just thought I'd wasted four years of my life because I didn't want to do that. I just didn't want I couldn't see myself doing that. I couldn't do it. And I got really sick. I mean, I got sick. I got sick, man. Uh, I was uh, sick. I was throwing up and having gastrointestinal trouble and fevers on and off. I was losing weight, sleeping most of the day. I mean, it was I was sick and I lived in western Massachusetts, which is, you you know, you throw a stick and you hit a doctor in that part of the world. And, well, long story short, nobody in conventional medicine could help me. Nobody. And as fate would have it, there was a naturopathic doctor who lived in the same town that I did. There were two naturopathic doctors in Massachusetts at that time. One of them was in Boston. One of them lived in my town. So begrudgingly, I went to see him. Now, you know, let's be honest, man, I was an arrogant pre-med student. I had no idea what naturopathic medicine was. I thought to myself, the guy's probably a quack, but what do I have to lose? I went to see him, carried into his office, carried into his office. That's how sick I was. He gave me, uh, put me on a table, drew some blood, did a physical exam, was a really nice guy. Jim, Jim Lemkin um, is his name. Uh, the homeopathic medicine that he gave me did nothing. He kind of scratched his chin and he pulled a big book off the shelf, asked me a couple of questions, gave me a different homeopathic medicine, and about a minute after that stuff was in my system, my body started shaking uncontrollably. I ran into the bathroom and threw up a lot of disgusting, bilious sludge. And as soon as that stuff was out of my body, as soon as that 
homeopathic medicine exerted its influence on me. I felt like a Venetian blind had been unrolled from my toes to my head, and I was cured, man. I was cured, and it took like 60 seconds. I'd been sick for two weeks. I was carried into his office. I, I walked out of it, you know, under my own control. I was cured. I went home. I slept for a long period of time, 18 hours, I think. And I woke up the next day born again into the wonderful world of naturopathic medicine. Five months later, I was a freshman at naturopathic medical school because of that experience. And there's been no looking back ever since. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, there's a lot going on in our country right now. Every time you seem to look through Facebook or you're flipping on the media, uh, which is something I don't do, (laughs) but I was... I went home to spend time with family this weekend and uh, I was pretty much baptized back into the media of, of what, what all is going on. Um, you mentioned wanting to be an osteopath and the incident happened where you were permanently changed, where you went into uh, naturopathic medicine. Why does there seem to be so much conflict? You have your medical doctors and then you have your natural paths or you have people who want to do things in a holistic way. And there always seems to be this headbutting that's going on. I guess in, in the immortal words of Rodney King, is everybody ever going to get along? Do you ever see that, that happening? Yeah, no, I don't. And, you know, I think it's human nature. And I, I, I think I have a heads up on why that's happening. Um, you know, the, the whole doctoral degree thing, whether you're a PhD or an MD or any type of a doctor, that educational system was created in Germany. And the intention of a doctoral program is not to open your mind, it's to close your mind and to make you think inside of a certain box, right? When you deliver your doctoral thesis, it doesn't matter how good the research is, it doesn't matter what ideas you have, you know, it has to conform with certain parameters. And if you don't present your information inside of that particular academic box, no matter how brilliant you are, no matter how correct you are, your thesis is not going to be accepted. You're not going to be awarded your degree. So the education of a doctor is intended to make you think inside of a particular box. And this is the problem that we are up against here. Um, you know, one of my uh, favorite scientists of all time, Max Planck, the guy that discovered quantum physics, quantum theory, he was a contemporary of Einstein. Uh, Planck said that science progresses one funeral at a time. And what he meant by that was that scientists and doctors who grow up inside of a particular mindset they're going to practice that particular mindset. They're going to espouse that particular mindset. And even when new correct information comes into their sphere, they're going to reject it because it's not consistent with what they were taught. So this is the situation that we're up against. MDs are not trained in medicine. They're trained in one particular aspect of medicine called allopathic medicine, and it's based on reductionistic physics. Allopathic medicine trains doctors to think a certain way. And even when the allopathic doctor's treatments fail them, even when they harm patients, even when they uh, fail patients, even when they injure or kill patients, even when they bankrupt patients, 
medical doctors continue to roll out the same stuff because that's just the way that the world goes. I really don't see any hope here, quite frankly. And, you know, there is something else that's happening, which is a problem. Naturopathic doctors now are being taught and trained in naturopathic schools in this kind of weird hybridized medical treatment that's loosely referred to as functional medicine. Basically, it's my opinion that in the last, I don't know, 20 years, naturopathic doctors are being trained how to use vitamins and herbs to eliminate the net negative effects of pharmaceuticals. They're not really being taught naturopathic therapeutics. They're being taught this weird hybridized green allopathic nonsense. And there is no there is no marriage here. There, there's no marriage. You, you cannot practice holistic medicine and reductionistic medicine at the same time. You cannot be a Democrat and a Republican at the same time. Reductionistic medicine that the MDs are trained in is really great for surgery, trauma care, and a handful of infectious diseases, and that's their wheelhouse. If I was the king of the world, it would be illegal for MDs to treat chronic disease. I mean, we don't let chiropractors do open heart surgery, nor should we. Well, in a perfect world, we wouldn't let the MDs treat chronic disease because they suck at it. They're horrible at it, and and they're just bad at it. But they're really good for surgery and trauma care, which is, you know, consistent with their philosophical understanding of how the body works. But this is the problem, that, you know, we don't have a free medical market. And, and so all that we have access to all the time is MD medicine, MD medicine, MD medicine, MD medicine all the time. And this is the problem. We need to have a free medical market, but we are far, we are far from that goal. Yeah. You mentioned a reduction, reductionistic uh, philosophy. Um, explain what that is. And um, is that necessary for doctors to be able to prescribe uh, medications? Well, you know, so everybody, what, what people do, whether they know it or not, whether they're a professional or a layperson, the stuff that we do in life is dictated by our philosophy of life, right? You know, Republicans do what they do because of their philosophy of Democrats, right? Um, uh, medical doctors, the same in science. And MDs are brought up inside of a philosophy of science called reductionism and reductionism is based upon the physics of sir isaac newton and reductionism basically argues that if it can't be measured it does not exist and so since nobody has ever dissected the soul out of the human body or seen it right with an mri a ct or 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 uh an x-ray to the reductionist the soul the spirit the vital force of the human body does not exist to the MD, consciousness itself is a function of biochemistry. And when the body dies, consciousness dies. There's no such thing as life after death. It's all lights out, game over. And inside of reductionistic, uh, the reductionistic worldview, the human body is basically a bag of biochemicals waiting to break. And it's not the reductionist's job. It's not the MD's job to cure anything. Because the logic goes, if the body could cure itself, it never would have gotten sick in the first place. And since consciousness is a fiction, since consciousness is a function of biochemistry, the spirit is a fiction, God is a fiction, the soul is a fiction, 
um, the body doesn't have the ability to fix itself. So it's not the doctor's job to cure anything. It's the MD's job to manage your symptoms, which is why, interestingly enough, of the thousands of prescription medications which are currently available, the only ones that cure anything are antibiotics. And those are starting to fail us. Your medical doctor, bless his heart, doesn't even know how to cure heartburn. They can't cure it. They can manage it, but they can't cure it. They can't cure blood pressure. They manage it. They can't cure a damn thing, but they manage it. And this is why, um, this is why, because they're not trained in medicine. Nobody is. Medicine is a vast domain. The medical doctor is trained in allopathic medicine which is based on reductionistic philosophy, and reductionism argues that when the body is sick, you have to exert a hostile takeover of the metabolism of the body with man-made synthetic drugs. And that's exactly what they do, and that's exactly why we're in the trouble that we're in right now, because we've taken the wrong dog to the hunt. Allopathic reductionism is great for surgery. It's great for trauma care, but it is horrible when it comes to everything else, all chronic disease, the, the reductionism is the wrong treatment strategy to deal uh, with chronic disease. But the medical monopoly makes it the only show in town. So everybody goes to the MD and the MD kills us. The MD fails us. The MD bankrupts us. The MD harms us. And we keep going back to that well because we just don't know any better. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Why... Why don't we know any better? Why? I mean, it seems like we're going through this self-destructive behavior and there are studies after studies that are coming out. And it seems as though more people are waking up. But again, you still have people who keep doing the same self-destructive behavior. What's, what's your opinion on that? Well, it all has to do with education and access, right? I mean, when you're sick, you're in trouble, man. You're in pain. You're scared. Something's got to give. So what do you do? Well, you go to the only system of medicine that your insurance pays for. You go to the only game in town. You know, you, you can't, naturopathic medicine is only covered by insurance in a handful of states. Chiropractic medicine only covered by insurance in a handful of states, and that's only if an MD recommends it. So, right, the only medicine that people have access to, the only medicine practiced in your hospital, the only medicine your insurance pays for, honestly, the only medicine that most people even know about is MD-directed medicine. So when people are sick, they're scared, and they go to the only game in town that their insurance pays for, MD-directed medicine. And quite frankly, you walk into a hospital, you're intimidated, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, multi-million dollar, high-tech equipment, all these people running around in white coats, they think they know what they're doing. It's very easy to become, um, to drink that Kool-Aid, right? And so you go to the hospital and you do what the MD tells you because you're intimidated intellectually. And then when it fails, you go back. And it fails and you go back. And then it's really not until the third or the fourth time that it fails that you start to question the veracity and uh, of their treatments. And really, uh, the majority of people that end up in a holistic physician's office, they end up there because they're at the end of their rope. There are very few people that go to a naturopath or a chiropractor um, initially, right? Mm -hmm. People end up with the holistic method because they've done conventional medicine and it's failed them, you know, for the fourth or the fifth time. And now they're just frustrated and they're grasping at straws. 
Yeah, it just seems like it's that last resort because you hear that story over and over again. Um, someone has cancer and the doctors pretty much turn them loose and say, we've done all we can do. And then they reach out to a more holistic method. And in most cases, I think that's a lot of fear, you know, the fear of death. And then again, like you said, it's just that last resort. Uh, getting into prescription medications, obviously, when you are the doctors prescribing medications, there are looking, like you said, they're not curing anything, but they're looking to suppress symptoms. Um, with the medications, are the medications that doctors are using to suppress symptoms actually throwing the body off in some aspect? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, re remember, right, our, our whole mantra is it's not the drug, it's how it's used, right? I mean, for goodness sakes, every time I'm in the dentist chair, I thank God for Novocaine. No kidding, right? There's ways that you can use drugs to help people, and there's ways that you can use drugs to hurt people. R regretfully, the way that the MDs are trained to use drugs is the latter, right? I mean, the leading cause of death right now in the United States is MD-directed medical treatments, leading cause of bankruptcy, MD-directed medical treatments. Why is this? Well, because the most expensive medicine is the one that doesn't work. So when the body is symptomatic, our, our position from the holistic perspective is it goes like this, okay? And by the way, if you want to have want to watch a, a medical professional's head explode, ask them to define health. Ask them to define health. What's health, doctor? I really want to know. I mean, aren't you supposed to be helping me regain my health? Well, I'd like you to define health for me. Then they can't do it. They won't do it because they're unable to do it because they're not taught about it. Holistic physicians are. So a sophisticated definition of health goes like this. Health is the ability of a living organism to experience stress and remain symptom-free in a state of dynamic equipoise and balance. How about that? Health is the ability of a living organism to experience stress and remain symptom-free. So from our point of view, when the body is in health, it exists in a state of balance, and everything works the way that nature and God intended it to. So your bones are good, your joints are good, your skin's good, your hormones are good, everything's good, and you're symptom-free. And then you experience a stress, right? You'll walk down the road of life and you get hit by a bacteria or a virus or emotional stress or financial stress or the weather changes or something, right? Some type of stress. Life is a great big bowl of stress. Stress hits the body, and if you're strong enough, the stress bounces off and you are unaffected. But if the stress is too strong or you're weak, the stress will impact the system and destabilize it. Now, when your body is destabilized by a stress, it compensates and generates a symptom, right? So you get knocked off balance by a stress and you get a headache, right? The most common cause of headaches is a deficiency in a biochemical in the body called prostaglandin. And this is caused by a deficiency in omega-3 essential fatty acids. So your body runs out of omega-3 essential fatty acids, can no longer make enough prostaglandin, and that's a stress, right? A deficiency is a stress. Now you have headaches. So your body is destabilized and it's generating headaches. Now, what does the medical doctor do? Well, do they give you omega-3 essential fatty acids or 
uh, holistic treatment, the intention of which is to push the body back into a state of balance? No. They give you a symptom, a, a, a medication, the intention of which is to suppress the symptom. But the symptom was there because the body was out of balance in the first place. So when you simply suppress the symptom, your body falls further off balance and then generates another symptom somewhere else. It has to happen like that. Also, interestingly enough, as your body metabolizes the drug, the metabolization of the drug burns through more of your essential nutrients. (laughs) This is why after a while, drugs stop working the way that they did when you first started taking them. So the dose needs to be increased, right? Or they need to add a second or a third drug to generate the same results. It's not because you're habituating to the effects of it. It's because the drug is burning up your nutrient reserves, and now the drug can't work the way that it did initially. Now, you know, you think the pharmaceutical industry isn't smart enough to know this? They know this. If When I'm elected king of the world, it's going to be mandatory that pharmaceutical companies put vitamins and minerals in their drugs because they'll work better and you'll need less of them. But they don't want you to have less of them. You know this better than anyone else. They want you to have more of them. So they're not going to make their pharmaceutical recipes in a way that, you know, makes them work really great forever. They're going to make you need more and more and more of them, and and this is a problem. So the suppression of symptoms has a twofold negative effect on the human body. Number one, it doesn't cure the condition, suppresses the symptom, sweeps things under the rug, so you have to get worse. And number two, it depletes your nutrients, which was the cause of the illness in the first place like kicking somebody when they're down and it's a, just a bad situation but this is what passes for the best medicine in the world right now and the only reason this nonsense continues is because we don't have a free medical market right we don't i mean we have a free medical market in automobiles if you bought a car from ford if ford made an automobile which a week after everybody drove it off the lot the engine dropped out and the transmission dropped out and the engine exploded, Ford would stop making that car because people would go somewhere else. That's the free market. But when the MDs fail us, we go back to them, and we go back to them, and we go back to them because they're the only show in town. It's good to be the king. You know, if if by some genie-in-the-bottle magic we all woke up tomorrow and there were just as many naturopathic doctors and naturopathic hospitals and homeopathic doctors and homeopathic hospitals and Ayurvedic doctors and Ayurvedic hospitals as there are MD doctors and hospitals. And if everybody got an equal share of the research money, if that ever happened within two years, MDs practicing general family medicine would be out of a job because people in a free market gravitate to what works. MD treatments for chronic diseases don't work. And this is the biggest, I think, uh, uh, secret in the world right now. It's the billion-pound gorilla sitting in the middle of the country. MD-directed medical treatments for chronic diseases don't work. You should fire your medical doctor immediately. Yeah. You mentioned um, earlier uh, in your statement there, and I wanted to read something from your book. I don't know if I got it exactly right, but it says most patients are diagnosed with a new illness every five years after age 55. Um, I live in South Florida. We have a large elderly population, and there has not been a time when I've never been out to a restaurant or something where I'm seeing, you know, someone who's elderly who's not taking some kind of pill. 
as we age, is it a, I'm going to even say mandatory thing, um, that we're losing nutrients and therefore we're taking the pharmaceutical medications and we're losing more nutrients. And this is why, is this why we're seeing this phenomenon in our elderly population? Yes. And also because, right, the M, the elderly population, who do they go to? They go to chiropractors, naturopaths? No, they go to the MDs. And so what are the MDs trained in? Pharmaceuticals and surgery. So that's what the MDs are going to give them, right? So, but this really is not rocket science. So our basic fundamental position is, you know, and Linus Pauling agreed with us, two-time Nobel Prize winner Linus Pauling agrees with us that all chronic disease is directly related to nutrient deficiency. So you don't get bad joints because you have joints. You don't get a bad heart because you have a heart. You don't get bad memory because you have a brain. These things go south because your body is running out of the nutrients it needs to keep that, those parts of the body healthy. And the older that we get, the more nutritionally deficient we get. The more drugs we take, the more nutritionally deficient we get. So it becomes a, you know, a, a catch-22 that you can't get out of. Uh, and the reason that people can't get out of it is because uh, they go to medical doctors that don't have any training in medical nutrition. It's a one-trick pony. And again, don't get me wrong. Thank God for Novocaine, right? Thank God mm-hmm. for antibiotics and the sterile technique. But for, no kidding. You know, you you don't have a chronic disease because you have a bad gene. You have a chronic disease because you have a bad doctor. And quite frankly, you do not know what you're missing. If if and this is by the way, um, Darren, this is the only reason that my profession exists inside of such a hostile political climate, stacked against everything holistic. The only reason that we exist is because our stuff works. It's the only reason. Now, do we have the cure to all human ailments? No, but we have a very sophisticated uh, set of therapeutics which work and that the intention of which is to support and promote your body's built-in God-given ability to fix itself. And if, if you haven't accessed this information, ladies and gentlemen, honest to God, you do not know what you're missing. The proof of the pudding is in the eating, and the only reason I have a job is because my therapeutics work. You mentioned something, and I think that it needs to kind of be brought out because you kind of mentioned it, and most people didn't hear it. Is anything genetic, or is it all related to nutritional deficiencies? Because, I mean, for instance, uh, I'm African-American, and one of the things that normally people say runs in the family with most African-Americans, which I do not have, is hypertension. Um, Is that a genetic thing or is it related to a nutritional deficiency or anything out there can all any ailment that we have be related to a nutritional deficiency and nothing's genetic again. Well, no, it's, it's a little bit of both, right? It's a complicated Uh situation and the, the, the scapegoat, the stalking horse, the red herring that the MDs use to deflect their incompetence is the whole term genetics, right? So, when you ask a medical doctor um, why they can't cure cancer, they'll say, oh, because it's genetic. You know, when you ask a medical doctor what causes high blood pressure, they'll say, oh, it's genetic, right? And when most lay people hear the term genetic, they kind of slink back in 
intellectual, you know, inferiority because they don't really know what the hell that means. And the doctor must know what it means. And so people, you know, kind of the, the conversation stops there. But, but it's nonsense. My colleague, Dr. Wallach, wrote a really great book. It's called Black Gene Lies, mm-hmm. Slave Quarter Cures. And it really lays out the myths uh, that exist in the culture right now that, you know, black people have shorter life expectancies and greater incidence of obesity, greater incidences of blood sugar issues, greater incidences of sickle cell anemia because they have a bad black gene. It's nonsense. It doesn't exist. It's a myth. Now, there are things which are directly caused by genetics, such as Down's syndrome, right? Kleinfelter's syndrome. These are things that people are born with because they had a bad gene. They actually did have a bad gene uh, when they were growing inside their mother's body. But the emerging field in genetics right now, which Dr. Wallach is considered the father of, is this whole concept of epigenetics. It is environmental and nutritional stress on our genetic stuff, on our chromosomes and our genes. So you can make genes unhealthy if the body doesn't have enough nutrition. If you're deficient in minerals especially, it's easy for your body to develop genetic mutations. And when you develop a genetic mutation, you're going to get sick. Why do you have the genetic mutation? Because you have a gene? No, because you didn't have the nutrients necessary to keep the genes healthy. The same way that you didn't have the nutrients necessary to keep the heart healthy or to keep the joints healthy or to keep the stomach healthy. If you run out of minerals, your genes are going to be unhealthy. And if the genes break, you're SOL because, you know, genes affect everything. And so this is an emerging field called epigenetics. Uh, Wallach also wrote a really good book on that subject called Epigenetics. So I would encourage people to read those two books. Number one, Black Gene Lies, Slave Quarter Cures. And number two, Epigenetics. It really helps to fill in the blanks um, that, you know, exist because of our educational system. And we're really not educated, you know, for goodness sakes. The, the education that kids got in the, in the Revolutionary War days, right, you know, before we separated from England, was mm-hmm. superior to what they get now. Those kids knew more than the kids in high school know now. And, uh, you know, I blame the educational system for most of this. Um, but when it comes to health, nutrition, 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 because when your body has everything that it needs to work the way that God and nature intended it to, it has healthy genes. It has healthy bones. It has healthy eyes, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We need nutrition or we're going to suffer and die. Yeah, for the audience out there, I had Dr. Wallach on. I'm Hopefully I'm going to get him back, but we discussed his book, Dead Doctors Don't Lie. And one of the things that jumped out at me, and you discussed this in your book as well, is um, how he was able to reproduce cystic fibrosis in, I believe it was monkeys, um, by just uh, nutritional deficiency. And he was actually yeah, Wallach, out of Wallach- Yeah, Wallach could turn on or turn off cystic. He could make cystic fibrosis monkey babies, or he could make healthy monkey babies from the same monkey mother. And he did this by giving or withholding the trace mineral selenium. 
Mm-hmm. And this was the beginning of the whole, you know, science of epigenetics, which is the nutritional effects on the genetic material. So when the monkey mother's body was deficient in selenium, the genes that coded for healthy lungs would break. They would physically break like a ladder. You know, if you have a ladder and it, 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 you put too much weight on it, it'll, it'll kind of crinkle and bend or the rungs might break. Well, the same thing happens with your genes if, in this case, they didn't have enough selenium. So when the mother monkey's body didn't have enough selenium, the genes that were forming in the baby monkey's body that coded for lung function would break. And so the baby was born with cystic fibrosis. And if there was enough selenium, that gene did not break, and the baby was born healthy. You know, and for this unbelievable gift to humanity, and for this medical scientific breakthrough, Dr. Wallach was fired by Mm -hmm. Yerkes Primate Research Center because his uh, information was so outside of the box and so new that the medical professionals couldn't accept it. And this harkens back to what I was talking about at the beginning of the show, that the education of a doctor is to close their minds and make them think inside of a particular box. So even when they're shown direct scientific evidence to the contrary of what they're taught, they reject it. And, you know, this is a problem. We have cowardly doctors, people who are unwilling to be scientifically objective. Their only concern is to toe the party line, make a dollar, and, you know, not rock the boat. And this is why we're all sick and suffering, because medical doctors are cowardly SOBs, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, getting back to nutrients, um, this came up in a recent interview I did. I wanted to get your opinion on it as well. Um, you have things called RDA, Recommended Daily Allowance. Um, if someone is looking on the back of the, the back of a box of cereal or, uh, let's say, green beans or whatever it is, and you're getting the, the list of nutrients, are we actually getting enough by following what we would consider the recommended daily allowance, or do we need more? Well, no, the RDA is is ridiculous, juvenile nonsense. And again, remember, who developed the RDAs? The MDs, people who have no training, no respect, no appreciation, and no clinical experience with medical nutrition. I mean, which is tantamount to going to a chiropractor and asking them for advice about open-heart surgery. Well, the chiropractor doesn't know anything about that. You would be a fool if you went to a chiropractor for open-heart surgery. Well, you're a fool if you pay attention to the RDAs because they're developed by medical professionals that have no experience, no appreciation, no respect and with medical nutrition. And so the recommended daily allowances are nonsense as far as we're concerned, and you should pay little or no attention to them whatsoever. What you should pay attention to is the doctors who have had traction and clinical experience in this area, and nobody has better experience in this area than Dr. Wallach. Wallach was in charge of a $25 million federally funded research program from 1970 to 82. Wallach wrote the book literally on medical nutrition. It's in the Smithsonian Institution. So if you want to pay attention to, you know, sophisticated medical science 
about what nutrients you need, you should listen to Dr. Wallach. You should listen to me and a handful of my colleagues because this, in, in fact, is our wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, I don't get a lot of chances to speak about homeopathy, so I wanted to ask you some questions on that. And uh, from reading, you know, the book, uh, one of the things that jumped out at me is that from a homeopathy perspective, one drug doesn't fit all. Talk about that. Because when you're looking at things, we're going to the doctor, and obviously if I come up with, let's say, um, fatigue, I'm getting a certain type of drug, and everybody behind me that's complaining about fatigue, and this is just an example, is getting the same drug. But from uh, homeopathy, that one drug fitting all does not jive, so to speak. But yeah, it's, 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 about that. it's yeah, that's a great thing to talk about, man. Thank you for bringing that up. You know, and this harkens to the basic difference between the holistic medical method and the reductionistic medical method that the MDs apply. Holistic doctors are taught to treat the patient, not the disease. Medical doctors are taught to treat the disease, not the patient. So in an MD's office, everybody with high blood pressure gets the same thing. Everybody with arthritis gets the same thing. Everything with type 2 diabetes gets the same thing, right? It's kind of like, uh, uh, it's like a, you know, it's a, it's a one-trick pony. But in holistic medicine, especially with homeopathy, there's a gigantic difference. Because remember, the holistic physician is trained to treat the patient. So, for instance, you might present to a holistic doctor or a homeopath with a migraine headache. And when we ask you about the migraine headache, you tell us that it feels like your head's being squeezed between a vice and... It's throbbing and pounding, and if anything cold comes near your head, cold air or cold water, it makes it ten times worse. Now, your brother, you might have a twin brother who has migraine headaches, and they go to the holistic physician, and they tell them that their migraine headache, it doesn't feel like their head's being squeezed between a vice. It feels like their head's exploding, like somebody pumping too much air into a tire. And it's not throbbing, it's a steady pain. And the only thing that makes it feel better is a cold application. They want to wrap their head in ice every time they get a migraine. So we have two completely different experiences of the migraine headache. They both are migraine headaches, definitively diagnosed as migraine headaches. But because these two people have completely different symptomology, they will get two completely different treatments from the homeopath because the homeopath treats the patient and how the symptoms are showing up, not the disease. And this is a really great distinction to bring to bear. And, you know, this is, again, one of the reasons why conventional medical treatments for chronic diseases fail because medical doctors have thrown the baby out with the bathwater in their a reductionistic understanding of how the body works. It's like they're colorblind artists, but they don't know that they're colorblind. And, you know, their paintings are always going to be wrong, always. And, and this is why they fail, because they treat the disease instead of treating the patient. And if you are attempting to cure something, you're only going to be able to do that if you're treating the patient. Yeah. Um, 
integrative medicine, which is a, it's a term that's being thrown around a lot. And sometimes you, you speak with, you know, some physicians or I've seen this term a lot. Um, is that in your opinion, a, a misnomer? Yeah. Well, integrative medicine is like a blue dog Democrat. You know, it's, they're not really a Democrat. They're a Democrat, but they act like a Republican. And it's like, well, what the heck? Really choose a side. And, you know, so a tiger never changes his stripes. So here's what is happening in the world right now. Medical doctors are not stupid. Medical doctors see that their therapeutics don't work. And medical doctors who are not specialists, right, you know, they're not the right foot surgeon doctor, right? They're just general family practicing docs. They're frustrated because their therapeutics don't work and their patients don't get better. And it's just like, you know, it's a, it's a pharmaceutical mill and nobody is getting better. So a handful of medical doctors, actually more than a handful are looking for alternatives, quote unquote, to drugs and surgery. And so what do they do? Well, they'll take a weekend course in functional medicine where they're taught about vitamins or they're taught about herbs, but because the tiger never changes his stripes, they're taught to use the vitamins and the herbs, not holistically, but reductionistically. So they'll give boatloads of vitamin D or intravenous doses of vitamin C, like Linus Pauling did. You know, they do fractionated nutrition. They'll try to suppress symptoms, not with drugs, but with herbs and vitamins. And it's a complete bastardization of the holistic method. Um, it's a ridiculous therapeutic. But because the medical doctors have such awesome political power and because their hubris and arrogance is legendary and because they are never, ever, ever going to give up their fundamental philosophy that they are trained inside of, this is a rising phenomenon in medicine, and it's a big problem. And it's even starting to affect uh, the way that naturopathic doctors are taught medicine. And, and real naturopathic medicine, as far as I'm concerned, is not being taught anymore in naturopathic medical schools. And this bastardized green allopathic functional medical nonsense is on the rise. And, you know, it's not a good situation. Yeah. Got you for a couple of more minutes here. I, I normally don't keep anybody over an hour, and there are a couple of questions I wanted to get to. I have a ton of questions, but I knew I wasn't going to be able to get to all of them <laughs> in, in an hour. But um, something that I bumped into, I've been doing this for since 2005, so it's been 11 years. And one of the things that I'm always bumping into is this this idea of alkalinized water. Um, yeah. Is it beneficial or is it not beneficial? Yeah, it's a good thing to do, but just don't drink it during a meal because, you know, your stomach is a great big bag of acid. And mm -hmm. in order for your stomach to do its job, if you cut your finger off and swallowed it, a healthy stomach would digest it down to the bone just from the acid in the stomach. Your mm -hmm. stomach needs to be extremely acidic in order to digest food so that your small intestine can absorb the nutrients from the digested food into the bloodstream, right? Your stomach acid needs to be super strong. And if you drink alkalinized water or anything with bubbles in it, any carbonated beverage with a meal, 
you're going to neutralize your stomach acid and thereby increase your nutrient deficiencies because the food doesn't have all the nutrients we need anyway. And now you drink your meal with an alkaline water or a soda pop or a sparkling water or a beer or sh- champagne and you neutralize your stomach acid so now your body can't pull what little nutrients are in the food out in the first place. So alkalinized water is good to drink between meals because it will, in fact, help the intracellular fluid to become alkaline, and that's a good thing. To have alkaline blood and alkaline intracellular fluid is a good thing. Um, But just don't drink that stuff with a meal, and you'll be good. Yeah. Uh, Next thing is um, Alzheimer's, because a lot of people, I actually have an (laughs) uncle right now who is undergoing uh, dementia, and I just saw him this weekend on traveling back to South Carolina. But you said that's a physician-created disease. Explain that. Yeah, Alzheimer's is a physician-created disease, but, you know, it's par for the course. The MDs harm us, the MDs bankrupt us, the MDs kill us, and nobody goes to jail. There's no consequences. 50,000 people were killed by Vioxx. 50,000 people were killed by Vioxx, which was approved by the FDA, and nobody went to jail. Can you imagine what would happen if a chiropractor or a naturopath killed one patient with one herb? You know, they'd be locked up, pilloried in the town square, and there'd be public outcry. But when the MDs do it, no harm, no foul, everybody goes about their business. If you put on a graph side by side the incidence of Alzheimer's over the last hundred years and the delivery of statin drugs to the medical marketplace in the last 100 years, the graphs parallel each other almost exactly. Alzheimer's has risen from obscurity to become the sixth, the fifth, or the fourth leading cause of death, depending on how you crunch the numbers, in the last 40 years, in exactly the same time frame that statin drugs were introduced to the marketplace. It's skyrocketing. The, the incidence of Alzheimer's parallels almost exactly the delivery of statin drugs to the medical marketplace. And what do statin drugs do? They lower the body's cholesterol. Interestingly enough, 90% of the part of the brain that's affected by Alzheimer's disease is made from cholesterol. So when you dry the brain up with fat-free diets, exercise, and statin drugs, you generate Alzheimer's. You also generate erectile dysfunction and hot flushes of menopause because in order to make hormones, the body needs cholesterol. Interesting. That's what all hormones are made from, cholesterol. So when you dry up cholesterol in the human body with statin drugs and fat-free diets, you get erectile dysfunction, you get hot flushes of menopause for five years instead of five months like our grandparents had, and you get Alzheimer's disease. As far as I'm concerned, Alzheimer's is a physician-created disease, and the best thing that anybody can do if they're taking a statin drug currently is flush it down the toilet. Actually, don't even do that. Um, put it in a paper bag, uh, put it in a plastic bag, and you know, stick it in a box somewhere. Don't introduce that stuff into the environment. Burn it if you want to. That's that's better. Throw it in the <laughs> throw it in the firebox and burn it, but don't put it into the water system. Yeah, they're saying that they're finding pharmaceuticals in the water system. And the last question is, um, and this shocked me because um, 
it, it came up when I was reading and it kind of, again, was one of those things I wasn't expecting, but um, the origins of the pharmaceutical company where I guess the first pharmaceutical company came from, from Germany and just the origins behind that. Talk about it a, a little bit, because yeah, I don't think man, most people that... are aware of how deep this thing really is. Now, what's going on with the Germans, right? I mean, for goodness sakes, they try to take over the world twice. Well, I mean, what's up with that? I mean, I don't know. There must be something in the water over there. I just don't get it. But the, allopathic MD industry started in Germany. The pharmaceutical industry started in Germany. There was a coalition of pharmaceutical companies in World War II that put their money together, and they owned their own uh, concentration camp. They owned their own concentration camp, and they did experiments on concentration camp, you know, people that were there, the Jews and the gypsies and everybody else. They also made them do forced slave labor in the pharmaceutical uh, uh, plant to make the Zyklon B gas that was killing everybody in the death camps. It's mm. crazy. And after World War II, right, the people that ran these pharmaceutical death camps traded their uniforms for coats and ties. They got out of Germany on visas, which were issued by the Vatican, and by an operation that the United States government had called Operation Paperclip. They collected all of the data that these maniacal Nazi MDs collected from all the inhuman human experiments that they did on the victims of the concentration camp. They didn't want to let that data go. They brought them over to the United States and employed them. You know, one of the companies that was involved with this was Bayer, and Bayer's still going strong. I mean, the people that make your children's aspirin were doing experiments on internees at the death camps in World War II. And I'm the quack, right? They've got jobs. And naturopathic doctors are, you know, struggle to get patients and struggle to be licensed. It's an inside-out, upside-down, crazy world, you know, and really, man, again... It's not the drug, it's how it's used. But when you look at the evolution of medicine in the United States, in the world, you will be horrified at what medical professionals, MDs, and pharmaceutical companies get away with. They literally get away with murder. Nobody goes to jail. And, you know, this is the biggest problem that we're up against here in the not-so-free 21st century. Yeah, it just seems like... A lot of stuff is coming to the forefront now. It's like well, we're a society and we're in, it's like a powder keg. <laughs> things, and things are yeah. waiting to blow. But, but uh, Dr. Peter Glidden, thank you for being on. And uh, your website, can you give us your website? And if, if anyone wants to work with you or anything like that, uh, can you give yeah, us the information? So, yeah, the, the website, you can, I'm the easiest guy to find in YouTube, right? Just type in Dr. Glidden. But my website is glidden.healthcare, glidden, like the paint, dot healthcare. I have an online subscription service on my website called the Dr. Glidden Advocate. It's an online self-help health recovery program. It's 20 bucks a month. For goodness sakes, it's $2 for two days. If you become a Dr. Glidden Advocate, on my website, glidden.healthcare, you'll have immediate access 
to hundreds of hours of educational videos that I've put together to tell you how to get yourself into the game of healing with real stuff, real holistic therapeutics that actually work. You know, we, we suffer needlessly, right? My people are destroyed by lack of knowledge. We need to educate as many people as we can, as often as we can, about the wonders and the opportunities of science-based, clinically verified medical nutrition. Check it out, Glidden.healthcare. Mr. McDuffie, you are to be applauded for the stand that you're taking and for the work that you're doing because it's people like you that are, in fact, going to change the world, people who are strong enough in moral fiber and spiritual rectitude to stand up and be counted and be brave enough to simply tell the truth. Keep up the good work, man. Your community needs you more than you know. Thank you, Dr. Glenn. I appreciate those kind words. And thank you for being on, man, and have a great evening. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening tonight. Very powerful show. Um, Something that when I first started learning, I will go back and listen to these shows over and over again. And I would advise you to do as well. It's just as Dr. Glenn says, educating yourself, pick up as many books as you can and read them. Um, I mentioned during the interview that I did a previous interview with Dr. Joel Wallach on the show, our dead doctors don't lie. And you can actually hear the story about the cystic fibrosis and what happened with him. And if you want to go to iTunes or you can go to the blog talk radio platform and look for the show dead doctors don't lie and really listen to that show. Um, And again, this will be a great show to combine with those, the two that um, really will teach you a lot of knowledge. Uh, Next week we'll have the show on Monday and Wednesday Uh, on Monday show. I think I have the wrong schedule here on Monday show. We will be talking with Pam Grout. So um, her book is about energy. I think it's called Eating Forward to, uh, if you've been watching any of my videos, you know that I'm getting more into consciousness and and energy and everything is energy. So we'll be talking with her. That's a really fun show. And then on the 20th, which is Wednesday, we'll be speaking with Shannon Walker. Shannon is a nutritionist. I believe she's a nurse as well. And we'll be talking to her more about Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which a lot of women are being diagnosed with that. So tune in next week for Pam Grout and also Shannon Walker. And I will see you soon. Thanks for listening. Peace and love. I'll see you Monday, same fat time, same fat channel. Again, peace and love. I'm out. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.